We're starting a brand new series this month. It's a series that a lot of us, we all do identify with every series that's been done in the church, but it's a series that my prayer, my prayer through this series is that we would be able to surrender to God completely and give Him everything. Not just part, not just the part that we feel like we need to give away and keep the rest because it's, it's, it's not easy to let go, but we would be able to give God everything and, and, and allow Him to lead us and guide us every step of the way. That's my prayer, my desire. And so this new series is called Knowing God's Will. Knowing God's Will. And this is a two-part message. It's called He Knows Better Than You. Turn to the person next to you and say, He knows better than you. He knows better than you. This is a series that many of, this is something that we really struggle with. We want to know God's will, but we, are, we find it very hard to let go. We want to know where God wants to lead us, what God wants to do in our life. But at times we feel we are not prepared to lean into the leading of God. And we like to take matters into our own hands, thinking, I know better. And so through this series, I just pray, through this series, knowing God's will, I just pray that you, you, you would be able to incline completely to God. That it would not be, I myself included, it would not be about us or about me, but knowing in everything, God knows best. In everything, God knows best. And He has a perfect plan for my life. You know, God's will was at work from the very beginning. From the very beginning. Right from Genesis to the end of Revelation, God's will was at work. You know, God created all the animals and He created everything, you know, separated night from day and everything. And He said it was good. And then he created man and he said, it is very good. And God created man with a need. He created man with a hunger. You know, and it was God's will that Adam and Eve would be in the garden. And not have to toil and labor but function under the identity of sonship within the garden. Function as a son and daughter within the garden. Adam did not have to work for anything. Everything was already created for him in the garden. All that Adam had to do was walk around, enjoy the beauty, pluck, and eat. It was God's desire, God's will in the very beginning that as sons and daughters, 
we would be within his will and enjoy and experience everything within his will without having to toil and suffer. And it just, it just blows my mind that the provision was created before the need existed. Somebody say an amen. The provision was created before the need existed. As long as Adam was within the garden, everything he desired for was part of the plan of God, was part of God's will, that everything is already available for him. Everything was there. As soon as he sinned, he and Eve sinned and disobeyed and were thrown out of the garden, they became slaves. They became slaves. Which is why God had to send the second Adam through Jesus to redeem us and bring us back into that identity of sonship. None of us are called to be slaves, but it's God's will that we function as sons and daughters of the kingdom. What, what am I trying to say? As long as you are in the will of God, everything is taken care of by God for you. As long as you are in the will of God, everything is taken care of by God for you. The moment you walk out from the will of God, you control your own destiny. The moment you walk out from the will of God, you control your own destiny. Everything is taken care of by God for you. Whatever you need in life, it is God's desire that you function within his will and you walk with him leading you and guiding you every step of the way. You know, there's a really powerful scripture verse. It's something that we all are familiar with. You might have, you might have heard it at Sunday school. You might have it, you probably might have, might have uh, put it up on your dashboard. You have a wall hanging in your house. You know, you have one of those really nice looking things hanging up over there. You might have, you might have sung songs about it. You might have heard about it in Sunday school. It's a verse we, a lot of us are familiar with. This is what it is. Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with your, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path crooked. Somebody is awake. Thank God for that. He will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. You know, these two verses are among the most beloved in the, in the entire Bible. The text is striking in its simplicity. There's nothing difficult about it. It's so simple that it can be understood, as a, it can be understood by a Sunday school child. And it can be understood by a person who's been walking for the last 15, 20, 25 years with God. And it can be understood by everyone else in between. It's so simple. 
These words cling to the soul because they speak to a great need that we all feel. These words speak to a great need that we all feel. It's the need for guidance. It's the need for guidance. For Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 suggests the basis on which guidance will come. It's a short course in knowing God's will for your life. If you learn what the passage is teaching and you begin to apply this very passage to your daily life, it will make a profound difference when you need to make a tough decision. You know, I want to start with the assumption that some of us have known these verses for a very long time. Even if you haven't, it's absolutely fine. But a lot of us in this place have known these verses for a very long time. And sometimes when we know a passage so well, we almost know it too well. What am I trying to say? We have heard it so often that we've never really stopped to think about what it is really saying. We've never really stopped to think and understand and take in what this passage is really saying. You know, and as I was going through this passage, as I was going through these verses, I discovered that, I discovered that there are five keywords, five keywords that unlock the message of this text. And I want us to take a close. I want us to take a closer look at those keywords one by one and see what each one teaches us. We're going to look at three this week and we're going to look at two next week. The first is trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The word trust in Hebrew, the word trust in Hebrew means to lean with the full body. To lean with the full body. To lay upon. To rest the full weight upon. In our thinking, the word trust means to rely upon or to have confidence in. But the Hebrew word is stronger. It literally has the idea of, of stretching upon a bed or resting on a hard surface. The word, means to put your, the word means to put full weight on something. To trust in the Lord is to rest your whole weight upon Him, to depend on Him completely. To depend on Him completely. This is just to build up to what's going to come next week. But to trust in God to trust in God is to put your whole weight on Him, to depend on Him completely. The second is lean. Lean not on your own understanding. To lean means to rest upon something for partial support. Rest upon something for partial support. Leaning is what you do when you walk with a cane or you hold on to a walker because you are unsteady. 
This word, the literal Hebrew meaning and translation of this word is used for leaning against a tree or a stone cliff. You know, I can have someone lean on me and have the entire weight on me and at some point give way because I would not be able to handle it. I would not be able to handle it. But I know one thing. I can lean on God completely, bring my entire self and throw it on God completely and know that he will not give way. Know that he will not fall. Know that he will not crumble because he's the rock on who I base my trust. He is my strong foundation. And I have that assurance that man may let me down. I love my wife. My wife may let me down. But I can lean on him completely knowing that he will not let me down. And he will stand there and be there as long as I need him. That's what the meaning of lean is in the Hebrew. The third thing is understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Understanding refers to the mental processes by which you analyze a problem. And you break it down into smaller parts and then, and then make a decision about what you're going to do. That's understanding. Early in the morning when you get up, you make a list of certain things that you want to achieve during the day. On a, on a Sunday night, a lot of us, we sit down and we plan out our entire week. We plan what we're going to do. You use your understanding to sort out your priorities. You use your understanding to sort out your priorities. You use it anytime you plan you use it anytime you plan your life or you solve a problem. Understanding is the decision-making ability that God has given us. Now, when you take the word lean and bring in the idea of understanding, then you add the negative. The meaning is something like this. Use all your mental powers Use all your mental powers, but do not lean on them for support. Do not lean on them for support. Don't trust in your own ability to figure out your life. Lean instead on the Lord and rest your weight on Him. Rest your weight on Him. He understands you more than anyone else. More than, anyone, more than anyone else does on the face of the earth. You can take all your problems, everything that, you, everything that you may be going through, everything that you are struggling with, to the feet of Jesus. And he will be able to understand you. He will be able to understand you. 
That, that is why he says, lean not on your lean not on your own understanding. Because he knows way better than you. He knows what you're going through way better than you. He has a solution to every problem way better than you. He knows how to get you from here to there way better than you. He knows what he needs to do with your life. Because he's not only seeing your life from where you are seeing it, he's seen your entire life from beginning to the end. He always knows better than you. That is why trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You know, in the light of this text, what is the will of God for your life? Simple, to know God in everything. To know God in everything. I'm sorry if you're waiting for some big time formula. I'm sorry, but I love to keep it as simple as it can get. What's the will for your life? To know God in everything. To see Him present everywhere and in everything. Many a times you're like, God, God, don't step in here, don't step in here. I've got this in control. I've got this in control. Let me put the blocks together. Oh, no, no, it's okay. I know I'm messing it up. Don't end. Everything is not everywhere. Stay there. I've got this in control. I've got this in control. One hour is gone. Two hours is gone. Three hours is gone. Four. And then we're so weighed down. And we're like, God, please come in. And God says, I was always there. I was always there. You just had to let go. And let God, let, let, let I get out of the way and let me step in. And I don't want you to toil and suffer because I've already got everything in place for you. Lean not on your own understanding. To see Him present everywhere and in everything and live in total surrender to Him. The most important thing in life is not, is not, is not the decisions you face. The most important thing in life is not the decisions, is not the decisions you face. The most important thing in life is your relationship with God. When your relationship with God is where God wants it to be, everything else will follow. Everything else will follow. Because the Bible says, He will accomplish everything that concerns you. He will accomplish everything that concerns you. The most important is your relationship with God. And the closer you get to God, the closer you get to God, the easier it will be for God to guide you in the way you need to go. The easier it will be for God to guide you in the way you need to go. Doing God's will often involves great uncertainty and periods of great doubt. But if you are willing to do what He wants you to do, He then takes the responsibility to reach into the chaos of life. If you are willing, if you are willing to do what he wants you to do. He then takes the responsibility to reach into the chaos of life. 
and lead you step by step to the place where he wants you to be. It doesn't say, you walk this way and I will meet you halfway. He guides you step by step if you are willing to give God complete control. If you are willing to give God complete control. I don't know where you are, where you are at in your walk with God today. I know some of you are trying to hold on so tight and are unable to let go. I'm not speaking of something that I don't know about. I'm speaking out of experience because I've been in that same place. And I've tried to take matters in my own hand. I've tried to control the situation. I've tried to think that I know best. And I've always, time and again, time and again, time and again, failed. Failed. But the moment I realize, not my will, but your will be done, is when I begin to acknowledge that he's right here. Clinton, now that you've given everything to me, let's take a walk, step by step. God, what do you think about this? No, no, no. You're settling for good or better. My promise and my desire is for you to not settle for anything less than the best. Don't look at good or better. I have the best in store for you, and my desire is for you not to settle for anything less than the best. Let me show you. Let's take a walk together. And you may be in that place, God. I'm struggling. I feel I know best. And it's okay. It's not okay to be in that place. It's okay that you are feeling that way. It's a good feeling to have. It's acknowledging that feeling and moving from that place. God, it's not about me. It's about you. It's not about what I want. It's about what you want. It's not about what I think is good or better. It's what you want as the best for my life. If you're in that place and you're saying, God, I want to surrender to you. I want to let go. I want to give everything to you with all eyes closed in this place. I just want you to lift up your hand and say, God, that's me. I've been struggling, but I don't want to struggle anymore. I want to give it to you and I want you to lead me every step of the way. If that's you, all eyes closed in this place, just raise up your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Great. Just put it down. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. God, I'm sorry. I'm tired. I've taken, a, I've taken hold of the situation for too long. But today, Lord, I acknowledge that you are God over my life. I acknowledge that you are all I need. Acknowledge that you know best. And so today, I completely surrender all I have to you. I'm tired of just getting by and missing out on the best that you have for me. But today, I give everything to you. I give it all to you. I surrender everything to you. And I invite you to take over. Take over. Take complete control. Hold on to my hand. Lead me step by step and take me to my destiny and to the best that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God a hand.
give God a hand.